Okay. Are you fucking recording this yeah, time? I'm really recording this time. Are you Sorry. actually recording yeah, this yeah, time? Yeah, 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 yeah. I really want this to be the intro as well because <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking the super out of your credit. <laughs> So sorry. I'm not going to acknowledge it beyond this point. Yeah. Start the music. <laughs> Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, and pomegranates everywhere, and welcome to another year, year five, calendar year five of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense my name is chuck bailey and with me is producer and uh, recently awarded smartest man in peterborough by virtue of the fact he has read upward of five books three of them were takeaway menus mr ian stimpson <laughs> and i got the other two for christmas i haven't read them yet to be honest. he hasn't read them he just owns the books yeah, uh, yeah. how the devil are you sir after a i hope you had much merriment your waistline is rapidly expanding after christmas and new year oh that much is definitely true um yeah not not a much quieter one than thought we had a, a as you know we had a covid case in our house so instead of the tons of people we were gonna have it was just the three of us yeah so yeah very quiet it was out of isolation on new year's eve though so we were able to uh, have some people around on new year's eve but uh yeah not that many though because you just didn't want them at that point and I haven't got any friends. Yep. So uh, what about you? <laughs> nice Christmas? Yeah, very good Christmas. First Christmas that we flew away to uh, Vilnius to be with my partner's uh, family. Oh, nice. And so flew on Christmas Eve, got there, had Christmas Day. Uh, it was snowing on Christmas Day. which White is Christmas? The fir- first time I've seen that in my lifetime. Lovely. Um, resplendent. So, yeah, it's so much fun. Um, really nice just to potter about really and 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 eat and drink and and be merry as we said flew back on new year's eve and still haven't received our covid test so been in isolation uh since we arrived yeah cool so the system works yeah not the the, i want to make this clear not the results we're not waiting on the results we're waiting on the tests the actual test tests we legally have to take and pay 90 fucking quid for uh anyway that's a bit bleak um we are of course the british pair that's usually um grace your earballs with our dulcet tones um our compatriot from across the seas oscar is indisposed this week but he will be back for next week's episode when we do our famous in, in inverted commas sure uh tinsel window grading the tinsel window episode our affectionate name for what could be known as the clusterfuck of the premier league over christmas um so we'll be looking at some of the overperformers, the underperformers the performers um <laughs> anyone the, who's played yeah all the hits all the classics yeah anyone who's actually had a fucking game oh speaking of how are peterborough <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of indeed uh peterborough have not played since when we last spoke Brilliant. uh which was way before christmas <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah every every i think we were scheduled to play red in bournemouth every every game has been called off by the other team weirdly i don't think peterborough has been the the team calling it off but yeah, not a game played yet. And I thought we were being a bit scaremongery before about uh, mm-hmm. COVID possibly, you know, causing real problems to the lower leagues. I don't know where we're going to fit these fucking games in. It's a championship. We play twice a week anyway. Where are we going to fit these games in? It, no it, idea. It just has to, the season just has to extend. 
I'm sure of it. Like <laughs> it cannot end at its usual date. It's it's not possible. Like doesn't look like there it. Are, there have been apparently across the Premier League in total, there's been 83 postponements so far this season. Um, teams like Burnley have four games to catch up. Um, the only teams that don't have any postponements is Chelsea and City, I believe. It's just when it doesn't make sense when it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, interesting. Are you still above Derby? Uh, I think for now, that's that's still the for case. For now, <laughs> why do they have a game going? As I don't we know. Speak? They might be playing. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? If they play one game, they're probably yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not. I've yeah. been to the table for so long. I mean, the Peter United podcast I listened to has been not putting out episodes Silence. until yeah until they put out a new year's one and it was mostly just discussing whether we should get rid of Fergie again so it's just Some, I don't know. something to do in it yeah something exactly. to do exactly something to do um anyway that's enough of uh, championship now that we've lost all of our transatlantic listeners yeah um, if, if Oscar wasn't being here enough we've talked about the championship and the fact that no football's happening yeah exactly well we are recording on Monday the 3rd um Man United Wolverhampton is currently in the 92nd minute wolves are ahead um they've 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 scored a goal in wow. uh, what was probably a game um <laughs> was Solskjaer the problem that's what we've was got to ask the problem? Hmm. i don't know but i am I, I am affectionately referring to ranjik's play style as luke shaw no vibes um <laughs> Good. yeah this like is it. it but if we start off the week and what a banger to start not only the game week but the game year <laughs> as it were arsenal one manchester city two arsenal generating 1.0 xg man city 1.8 which in includes a penalty i mean this what what a game to start the year fun times fun times i mean it's not like arsenal to produce such entertainment but they were they were entertaining i mean this was this was not man city steamrolling them by any means arsenal Mm -mm. were were well ahead for a, a lot of the game and i mean i i always i don't like to sort of reduce things to incident by incident but it does feel like there were penalty things that just dominated the uh, mm. discourse of uh, of this game, and so I feel like we we need to take it by what do you think of Arsenal's penalty shout uh, with Edison's challenge? Um, do you think that was a pen or not? Because um. Arsenal's Arsenal's case, Arsenal fans' case throughout this has been it is that Stuart Atwell now has 17 homes across the Middle East and um, yeah it, it all of a sudden never has to work again that's Arsenal yeah. fans belief is that, it that, that might be mm. <laughs> no more than you have uh... oh, the referees are all against us <laughs> every team every team says every referee is against them yes funny, funny that yeah funny that. it works uh, it is the uh, VAR inconsistency of not going to have a look at uh, that Edison thing. Now, the on-field call was that it wasn't a penalty. So, VAR only gets involved in that if there's something serious to look at. I mean, we've seen it now that if they go and have a look, they overturn it. And they're only advised to go and have a look Mm -hmm. if it seriously looks like there's been an error. Yeah, and then, oh, the referee's not refereeing the game. Like, what (laughs) what do you want? Do you want some fucking... (laughs) Om- omnipotent bloke dressed in black or whatever high-vis colour they're wearing this week <laughs> I- in the middle of a pitch or do you want the right decisions on a football pitch? I don't fucking get that when they say, oh, why should VAR overrule him? Whatever, shut yeah. the fuck up. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I don't I don't 
really care for it. Like as a, you know, it's obviously going to be a talking point. And then, uh, you know, you get the commentary constantly for the whole game going, oh, all we're going to talk about now is the VAR instance. It's like, well, you, but you cannot, then. you cannot. <laughs> yeah. That's talk a thing. It was a good game. Don't You don't have to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Erdegaard is a weird one because he kind of goes round the ball. But I think because Edison is there early enough and gets his leg under Erdegaard's foot. I think mm-hmm. that's why they didn't bother to overturn it. Um, and then, I mean, Xhaka gonna Xhaka. Um, <laughs> it, it's, as we say with Shelby, it's fair to say he's got that in him. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Certainly the Arsenal has. DNA then just extends through the, the new wave of centre-backs with uh, <laughs> Gabriel getting um, two yellow cards for being a very silly sausage. So, But this is the thing, right? Like, so you say about Xhaka and and absolutely I think he he leaves his leg out which Mm -hmm. you can't do he leaves his leg out and there's contact there There is is contact contact. now is Silver looking for it certainly yes absolutely 100% he's he's, he's sort of already diving over it but there's contact you know it's it's happening so let's make fucking sure that's a penalty by grabbing a handful of shirt let's should we do that yeah 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 I mean fuck (laughs) me honestly (laughs) it's any any time a player is going into that situation, one of the three things in their mind is, can I get a penalty? Of course, because like you're a pacey winger, you're tricky, you're going against an absolute blunderbuss of a centre midfielder <laughs> or, or a, in a less mobile centre-back or whatever. So yeah. you're either looking for a, to shoot, you're either looking for another player on your team that's in a better position, or you're looking for contact to go down. And so Bernardo Silva takes it. He does start to go down. His body to me looks like it's at the point where he could like there's no point in him trying to get his next foot in front of the other because it's not going to happen. No. And then at that point he does dive, but he's already down I think. The it was a bit weird when they were saying he dived before anyway. Yeah. It, it, I it, agree. Redundant yeah. and then Gabriel I thought got his yellow card for messing up the penalty spot, but he yeah, didn't. Yeah, turned out not. No. No, it was him just like screaming at the ref afterwards. So <laughs> Don't yeah, do that. fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> bit weird then how you then have loads of people screaming at the ref and then he doesn't book them. That's a kind of weird inconsistency. I it don't was understand. Weird. I, I, yeah, I wonder whether he hadn't seen him scuffing up the penalty penalty spot and then gone, "Oh fuck off! I'm not having you scream at me as well." Yellow, and then mm. he and then he does what he does to Jesus, and you just minutes later. I mean, this isn't yeah second yellow. It's it's, <sighs> it's easy, you know. Arsenal fans say, "Oh, all he did was stand there." We didn't. He was running towards him and just only made an attempt to body check him down so yeah I'm fine with that being a yellow but I think it did I think it did spoil what was uh, an incredibly bright start to the game from um, Arsenal I remember texting you and uh, some of our Patreons on the Slack about about it just saying like uh, City just couldn't get going for the first half really and Mm. you know Message that, and about six, seven minutes later, Saka gets gets the first goal, and it was it was really well worked. And you just think that it, you know, there's there's positives there for Arsenal fans to take, for sure. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, that that was a the, there was two levels of discourse I saw afterwards, which was the the one of they should have looked at the the Arsenal penalty incident, the referees are against us, and it was that thing of I only saw Arsenal fans on Twitter complaining about the VAR inconsistency. I didn't mm-hmm. see any neutrals or anyone else. I, I get it, but 
I also absolutely get what happened with, with you know, not, not getting him to look at the first one because Edison does get to the ball and like exactly what you said about how, how early Edison was there, blah, blah, blah. So it was one of them where Arsenal fans were the only ones I saw getting upset about it. Yeah, and but everyone else does like to laugh at Arsenal, so it's... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I can understand it getting <laughs> and the other, the, the other side was the, of them being genuinely proud of their team, because I think they, you go into a game against Man City who have won 11 on the bounce. I'm not sure if that's in all competitions or the Prem, but... but that's so, just the Premier League. That's just the Premier League, <laughs> right, OK. I mean, it's, you know, you, you're not expecting anything, and you're, you're maybe expecting a performance... Um, Arteta not on the touchline you may be expecting a sort of introverted um, worried performance and that's not what Arsenal mm-hmm. fans got they got a team who who looked like they were willing to go for it and that's to, you know that's to their credit and, and it's been to, their, to Arsenal's credit since the fourth fifth game of the season when they really started to turn things around um, but yeah it was it was they were up against it since Gabriel did what he did um, Martinelli looked very bright but f- Finishing maybe just mm. not a hundred percent there, but I mean he he looked he looked about it, didn't he? He didn't look cowed by Man City's defence at all. So no, they could they know. could they were they were generating a, a few chances. Granted that they weren't necessarily the best uh, opportunities. You know that's kind of yeah. what it shows that they only generated one xG overall. So you know to score one, that's not unfair. But it's just then it's you know they're an incredibly young squad and it's and it's exciting and you're against it doesn't really matter what permutation of Man City squad you're up against you know mm. it's all thirty forty fifty million pound players minimum um, you know they just sold Ferran Torres somehow to Barcelona um, <laughs> not well sorry not that they sold him Barcelona somehow bought him somehow. Um, he's in he's injured. <laughs> And they can't register him as a player because no. they, they still have the exact same problems um, and are <laughs> one got point. more debt than nearly half the countries in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of unbelievable. But yeah. yeah, baffling. Absolutely baffling. So um, <laughs> that would that'll be interesting to see uh, what that means now for January. Lots of talk because of uh, Erling Haaland's uh, 70 million release clause becoming active now of who's going to kind of pay it first. Right. And... Um, yeah, could be interesting. City finally get that striker that we all said they definitely needed for this season. <laughs> yeah. Turn, turns out we know less than Pep Guardiola. No, no mm. surely not. Surely not. Pep, who, who still remains largely unhappy with his team, <laughs> um, which, you know, they, they, they definitely look like they're struggling a little bit tiredness-wise just from and I'm talking from city levels I'm not talking compared to Yeah Rapids but he, he's made in in his last 3 games he's made two subs total Yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so he's not too bothered no No um and Ake still looks like he can run back to the line to clear fucking Laporte trying to oh, nod Jesus. it over. Oh Jesus yeah I forgot about that that was calamity I remember looking up at the TV just thinking nah that's not that <laughs> That can't be a thing. Oh, wouldn't that have been a lovely thing to just, just yeah. you know, put a bow around this game, which was absolutely brilliant. But it wasn't the only brilliant game this week, Chuck. No, no, it wasn't. And um, it, if we are going to talk about brilliant games, um, we may as well stay at the top of the table um, with Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2, and uh, a 1.3 XG to a 1.3 XG. So oh, was it even? Draws, 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 draws. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, the first half was just absolute. 
Right, let's go. Football. <laughs> Bang, like end to end. You thought there was going to be 17 red cards. Um, I mean, Mane got booked after 15 seconds. Liverpool are two up and you think, oh, Chelsea are absolutely fucked. And then Chelsea get two goals in two minutes or whatever it was. Like, wow, what yeah. fun this was. Wasn't it great? I mean, it's sort of the title race being over thing is... Yeah. Well, what do you think about that, first and foremost? Because they, they obviously split the points here. One team getting three might have been better for the title race continuing, but uh, and splitting them is obviously not great. But I uh, do you think, is, is the title race over? Let's go as simple as that first. Um, well, there's, what is it, 11, 10 points now between City and Chelsea. Um, and I, I think I saw something before this game was played that... If City simply replicate what they did in the first 19 games in the second 19 games, then Liverpool would have to win 17 and draw two games in order to tie with Man City. <laughs> right, okay. So there's that. Yeah. And um, the win percentage for City on 538 is currently 85% now 85 wow 85 with liverpool on 13 and chelsea on two um oh dear but then you look at them qualifying for the champions league and it's 99 99 93 percent so um you know it's it's still very much three horses there and it's whether liverpool and chelsea ends up being a fight for uh, you know the second place or or whatever and it's a bit of a shame that that city have gone ahead or, or whatever but I mean, stranger things have happened, right? It, it could just be a couple of results, but it's it's Liverpool and Chelsea have dropped so many points at the same time that City, like you said before, have just won 11 in a row. Like, mm. you can't catch them if they need to do that. So it's, it's all City fucking up from here, really, and making sure you're on complete form. And for Liverpool, when you lose your two best attackers... Of course, yeah. ...for AFCON now. Um, so it's probably only two, maybe three games they miss. And if you're Chelsea, you um, decide to just cast your striker out of the squad. Um, it, it makes things a bit difficult. It does. Um, you know, not to move away from the game too much, but what are your thoughts on the whole Big Rom versus Tuchel situation? Well, I totally get where Tuchel's coming from. I think, I think to not drop him would not have looked good to for his authority to the rest of the players. I mean, he said as well that he consulted some of the senior players. I don't know how that goes exactly. Like, that seems... I don't know, it feels interesting to me. Mm. Like, just, uh, like, what do you think about Rom? Yeah, he shouldn't have done that, should he? I just... I, I, I don't know how that looks. But, it anyway, that's, that's what he said he did. And dropping him from the squad... It, it's... <sighs> Lukaku doing that interview feels... Incredible, incredibly naive, but I don't. Everything I've heard about Lukaku previously, that he's a really intelligent bloke. Um, and so that makes me think it's calculated. So then, what do you hope to achieve? Is he looking for a move? Is he looking to change the tactical system at Chelsea to suit him more? Because obviously, that's been a big thing this, this mm-hmm. season so far. I, I find it hard to believe that he didn't know how that was going to be perceived. I mean, the things he says in the interview, some of them are just uh, obviously given a nod to the sort of Interfans who that, that, that transfer happened very quickly and yeah. Inter improved him as a player. And so, like, you know, felt like it was just giving kudos where it was deserved. But the, the 
I I feel like I I need to get back there before I'm before my career's over. But like as in before I sort of go, go on the downturn. And it's, but I just find I it. Know. I find it so weird. Like I mean, obviously it's weeks ago. Since then, he scored goals against Villa, against Brighton. True. Yeah. The way the interview and subsequent things were drip-fed online felt like it was some sort of gotcha journalism that for like exposing an MP or like we had in this country with all the rule breaches at Christmas last year or something like that. Yeah. Which which makes me feel strange. Like, why do you want to do that? That's really weird. But on the flip side, it's this it's this weird thing where why can't he speak about these things why can't you if you if you were in a workplace and your boss told you you can't tell anyone about what you're thinking and if you were thinking about leaving somewhere else well you you've just said publicly that you're thinking about leaving somewhere else like you're you're now suspended for a week and it's a bit like what the fuck not in a Hmm. free speech whatever way but in a kind of workers rights kind of way and i know it's it's not exactly the same for football and People seem to think that because you're getting paid a hundred thousand pound a week, or oh, that should just buy your silence, or, or whatever, which is quite kind of inherently wrong. I just think it's strange the, the backlash you get for it for something that is just. Uh, I think it's all fair enough. What have we all been saying? You can't you can't say on the one hand you don't want footballers to give vanilla answers and then they speak what's honest to them and oh well this is outrageous he shouldn't bloody say that and he should be made to apologize he should be dragged across the hot coals. Fucking why? Why should it be some cult of yes master no master like no I think he's probably right. Like he's, <laughs> we've how many times have we said that You've put Lukaku in that team. You've paid a mm. fuckload of money for that team and you're not even willing to a tiny bit compromise to make sure he's playing at his most effective all the while whilst you are Burnleying, as as we are wont to, to call it, and, and they did for many, many weeks, and now all of a sudden the stats have caught up with you and you're, you're, you're 10 points behind the, the, the best team in the country at the minute. Yeah. And so it, it, I think there is a bit more nuance to it maybe than i think it probably is a bit naive and maybe it's it's you know we don't know what has also been spoken about closed doors chelsea say that it wasn't approved and whatever but i just find it a bit we the, the almost the kind of thing that we criticize dictatorships for not letting people do but then a footballer because they're paid a load of money like because yeah. you're because you're as a footballer you are living so many people's dream yeah. and they don't want to believe the public do not want to believe that there is anything there is even a single tiny crack in that dream that would mean that being a footballer would be anything less than being the most perfect thing in the world i think and this that's why it seems to be there's such a really really vile kind of outcry against him just for being like no you know what i'm not like super happy would i like to play back for inter yeah yeah i had a good time there he had a really good partnership with lautaro martinez mm. also maybe he told lautaro martinez don't come to chelsea because we we don't even play with one striker as a striker <laughs> why would i bring you know so and, yeah. and i know it's it's not our i say this without having the the chelsea fan element present but that's just kind of yeah how i felt on no, it that's interesting i don't necessarily disagree with you about the sort of wider aspect of we don't want our footballers to constantly give vanilla answers a, a, an honest interview is good i just you know Tuchel doesn't think like that 
he thinks the more dictator sort of uh, side of things. Yeah. So like it's it's a, a tricky one from that point of view that he's well he's gonna have to find his way back, which probably will involve some form of apology, probably just in private. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like to say he needs to come out fucking publicly and apologise. Yeah, I think that's over the, over the top. Yeah. But the hell did did Harry Kane do that when he literally just didn't turn up for well, ages? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that was proper genuine footballing consequences to the club. This is, he, you know, Tuchel's felt he needed to drop in for one match, but, you know, no one is at the minute thinking that Lukaku is, you know, immediately away next week because it's the transfer window. You know, no one's talking like that yet. So, yeah. Oh, no, they I, are. They are. I, yeah, I know, but what I mean is no one's serious is, <laughs> yeah. is, talk, is talking like that yet. That's what I mean. So, you know, this is maybe uh, Big Rom doing a shot across the bows sort of thing, but mm-hmm. um, it's no no one's talking like that yet, and and there's been no um, <laughs> there's been no athletic leaks of like oh he's actually angling for a move away, yeah. um, but but Tuchel felt it was right to leave him out the squad, not even put him on the bench, um, and I mean uh, the way the game went. It wasn't. It was fine from a Chelsea point of view. I mean, apart from obviously going two nil down, the heart they showed and the the passion, the, the absolute passion. <laughs> no, but genuinely, the heart they showed to get back from, uh, you know, two nil down within what was it, thirty five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tough to sort of mentally recover from. Yeah, and you and, did it, and they did it by half time, and they, and they had done it by half time, and that was two. Lovely goals. I thought Pulisic... Well, I know Oscar's not here, so it's a shame he's not here for this, but I thought Pulisic looked great. He looked really good. He looked mm-hmm. like he, he really wanted to be on the field and was and was willing... Not that, not that Lukaku not being there is Pulisic's chance, but he certainly was, you know, taking the opportunity of there being less <laughs> less players. I mean, Chelsea's, Chelsea's recent COVID things of everything should be postponed and then you can leave Lukaku out of the squad entirely. It's quite mm. funny. <laughs> but, um, but Pulisic took his chance, I thought, really well. Um, and obviously the, the goal um, from uh, Kovacic was... Um, oh, beautiful. Sublime, wasn't it? I mean, it really was... Bang. Beautiful. It's just a lovely, real nice technique goal. There's technique goals all over the place though, because obviously Salah's goal, where he he just the feint to take Alonso out completely mm-hmm. was just beautiful. Well, and Alonso then, will do that. He, he will do that. You're absolutely right. He will do that, and uh, he's got that in him. And, um, and then beating Mendy on the near post. I don't necessarily blame Mendy for that, but it was it was no, just Salah's no. technique all the way, really, wasn't it? And it was yeah, Mendy, Mendy, who has now, of course, gone to uh, Afcon. So um, that's true. We've got oh god, we've got the Kepper, the Kepper we weeks back. coming. Woo! Kepper weeks, Kepper month, Kepper, <laughs> Kepper craziness month. Um, oh, amazing. Dear. So we can all enjoy that. All defenses um, must go. <clears throat> I know, right? Um, Oscar, Oscar did send me uh, a little message last time. Um, I forgot until the end of the podcast to, oh, to okay. read this out yeah. episode. Um, he just said that it was exciting and fun for Chelsea to be in a tight contest against an elite team. Yeah. And the title race was already decided before the Liverpool match, he thinks. Maybe for Chelsea, who knows? Um, neither team is going to catch City. Also, the Lukaku situation is proof why managers don't make it past 18 months at Chelsea, <laughs> even if they did win the Champions League seven months ago. So... It 
begins. Um, yeah, this is uh, the usual Chelsea-ness that may end up happening. So, who... And the usual Tuchel-ness that, that you guys said about. I don't really know about the European football thing, but you guys both said... Uh, yeah, I'm know... not an expert on it, but I had heard that, he, yeah, he, he likes to have an argument. But usually <laughs> later on, I think yeah, he's okay. kind of... <laughs> I think he's kind of like Mourinho. It was normally about the third season or, right. or at least a bit longer. But Mourinho's accelerating things at Roma as well, so why not two cow? You know? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the swings, they do get more wild. Um, sure. Whilst we're on to games with many goals and crazinesses, uh, let's mention my own team, Crystal yes. Palace 2, West Ham 3. Crystal Palace generating 2.2 XG to West Ham's 2. Uh, that includes a penalty. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> roller coaster of emotions in this one uh, for me. I'm interested in hearing what you have to think first uh, of the game or, or how it went in general, Ian. Well, the the thing is, I think West Ham have been very good this season. So you you know, I don't know what your expectations were leading up to this game, but my expectations were not West Ham to go you know three nil ahead before mm. half time because while West Ham have been very good this season you know let, let let's face it so have palace palace have been good this season you have been victim to a lot of late goals and and things that have sort of gone against you know you know pa- palace as you said have been underperforming so it was a tricky one this i thought <laughs> um because i did enjoy Lanzini's goal very much. <laughs> I, I, I I can't say I enjoyed it. No, uh, of course. I appreciated the technique and skill <laughs> of that guy who embraces his inner Lionel Messi against us quite often. <laughs> oh, does he? Um, I've always thought Lanzini's a really good player who, through uh, either injuries or through no fault of his own, hasn't had long enough with a bit featuring at least for West Ham. He's a really, really good fucking player. Yeah, yeah, he is. But there was no way you deserved to be 3-0 down at halftime. That was absolutely not the case. Um, and then Elise. Elise. <laughs> He's a lovely like, little player, isn't he? <laughs> Michael Elise was... 20 years old and 20 days um, when he came off the bench and did those things. Um, he is he is amazing. Um, seven is. million off Reading uh, because of their financial inadequacies. Thank was you very it? much. Oh, I keep forgetting that. You know, every time you say that, I go, was it? And then I'm like, no, I remember yeah, now. Seven, yeah. seven, eight million, something like that. Um, yeah, phenomenal. He's been, a, he's been a weird one that hasn't featured, I think, because of... Um, are you who in in the more recent stretch of games uh, across the tinsel window has added more creativity mm-hmm. or at least been making decent passes in um, for for Palace in the attack and retaining the ball really well. So I think that's been difficult for Elise to get more game time, especially when we haven't had um, like Gallagher or Macarthur or Cuyate in the midfield that are more can replicate that kind of stuff, if you yeah. see what I mean. So, I mean, now with Ayu going to AFCON, Zaha going to AFCON as far as I'm aware with Kuyate, albeit I don't know if all three of them maybe have a one or both of COVID or injuries, um, it gives Alise a time, mm. you know, the, the chance to really step up. And, and I hope it really does actually get more starts because he's got, take on ability that Zaha used to have a lot more into his game. Yeah. Um I think much more aggressive with actually going at players rather than 
a more mature and a different kind of Zaha that we have now. Um, I know if I say mature and Zaha, <laughs> everyone, oh, he's petulant, whatever. Fucking, yeah, enjoy that, your subconscious racism. Um, <laughs> but he's also got such a great end product and technical ability that Zaha simply didn't have at that age. Mm, okay. And so, you know, on that free kick, that was amazing. I just watched it, just couldn't believe it. Um, it's quite bad defending them from West Ham as well. Yeah. But the ball in for Edward for the first was just just sublime. And it's, it was just very much a, we went vibes. We put like Mateta yeah, and yeah. Benteke. And, no, Benteke come off for Elise. We had... Yeah, we we had like a four-two-four with Jeffrey Schlupp and um, Will Hughes in a double pivot. And you'd lost or... Milivojevic as well. So that's well, uh... that was no. Yeah, that, <laughs> that guy is. Oh, he. I think outside fans. I think it's like maybe it's a bit like the Jorginho effect. Right. Where like when he's scoring loads of penalties, you think he's better than he is. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't think the mere presence. Like if if you score twelve goals in a season and eleven of them are penalties, like you're not the same as someone who scored twelve goals from open play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Chances are someone else has created that chance, and it just so happens that you're the person that gets to kick it from twelve yards out. Yeah, which is a fucking open goal as far as the the natures of the game are concerned. So like, without the penalties, Jorginho shouldn't be third in the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think the yeah. penalties for Milivojevic completely masked a lot of the issues. Like, and now, especially in the way Vieira wants to play, is exp- is exposing a lot of his mobility issues and ball retention issues. And just don't yeah. think he's a captain anymore in this team of what is very strong personalities. I mean the. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't have been 3-0 down, granted, on balance of play. No, not so. But certainly, you know, the penalty that happened was a penalty. And And ultimately was the difference, because here you are losing by one goal. And you you didn't... You deserved at least a draw, if not the win. I mean, if you... Old school statistics-wise, possession, uh, you had 62% of possession. Mm. uh, 16 attempts to West Ham's five. You know, six six of them were yeah. on target. It uh, reminded you know. me the first half reminded me of the seven nil against Liverpool, where right. I, I think we were similarly about half an hour in we were three nil down. Yeah, but it was just at like, but Liverpool had only had three shots. Yeah. or something yeah. like that. And it was just, and that that seven nil game was just a game where everything came off for Liverpool and it was perfect. And you just like. You know, they just annihilated us, but even Klopp in his post-match was like, that's the weirdest scoreline I've ever seen. So I didn't feel too bad. I was kind of pissed off, but, you know, more at the individual mistakes, which is what's marring what we're doing. You know, we're sixth on underlying numbers um, for the season. West Ham are fifth. Um, You know, you've got, I mean, Tottenham are starting to do a bit better. Um, You know, we can mention them very briefly. But, you know, it's, it's just still, we're just, chugging along it would be nice to get a bit more but what did we expect to you know we're 11th in the league yeah um, that's what I was about to say you're you're 11th form if you just look at results is patchy but we're generally happy with the way Palace are playing I think mm-hmm. I mean you're not you're you're in no way worried about relegation surely so it's like 
what what's the goal this year? I mean, we'll do a obviously a proper tinsel window thing next yeah. week. But what's what's the goal at the minute? You're eleventh at the minute. You've played twenty, which is more than most teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's points on the board. Points, I mean, yeah, yeah it, and it's. You know, I think even if Burnley win all their games in hand, they don't catch us. I think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, yeah. not after they lost. Not after they lost to Leeds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're we're the twelve points off the bottom three. Um, there categorically are four teams worse than us. Oh, um, at least four. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, but absolutely. like indisputably not in a. Oh, they've just had a mixed run. Like yeah, yeah. You know, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. We're again in a situation where only three of those four are going to go down. <laughs> yeah, which seems mental. <laughs> like we just don't need any of them now. We've just grown. We've grown beyond <laughs> grown them. out of them. That those teams are like the, you know, the in in those high school movies where it's just like, oh, they have the teenage sweetheart, but then yeah. they go off to college, and then oh, it turns out they didn't love each other, and they've just been cheating, and now with their new partners, they're way more happy. Um, <laughs> like the weird plot to Road Trip, I think it was, but um, <laughs> you know, like we've outgrown those teams. Yeah, and Newcastle being able to get relegated after they suddenly have a covid crisis weird that they have that when their two best players get injured <laughs> um, what are you suggesting no funny business whatsoever yeah. uh, burnley uh, maxwell cornet has been their best player um and i mean this may be news to jürgen klopp but he's off to afcon now um because burnley do have uh, you know international players <laughs> six of them six of them i believe um <laughs> But Corne has been incredible for them yeah, um, yeah. now that he learned to speak English better. Uh, and he, um, that, that's that's not a xenophobic thing, by the way. Go back a while when uh, Sean Dyche was saying he wouldn't play him because he needed to learn more English. Yeah, um, really so helping go. the Brexit FC tag there, Sean. Yeah, thanks definitely. Very much. Um, so, so yeah, I think they're a bit in trouble. Watford. <clears throat> I'm surprised. I, I texted you at the weekend. Well, it is the weekend, basically. But I can't believe Ranieri's still there. Well, uh, like, yeah, let's, let's, so like, let's hit the other matches quickly, very quickly, because we're, we're without our compatriots, so we'll, we'll just round up some other matches and we'll get out of here relatively quick and give you something to listen to, at least on your commute. God, we've got to go back to work, Chuck. Oh, well, I can't. Out. I can't leave. No, you can't. That's right. Can't. Sorry, I've got to go. I can't go to work. <laughs> <laughs> no commuting for you. But so, yeah, Tottenham beat Watford uh, 1-0 with a very last minute. Laboured. <laughs> Laboured. <laughs> Laboured for sure. Um, yeah. Davison Sanchez, no celebration header. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you, what, what you said there, yeah, Ranieri, it's, obviously he's new, but this is Watford. And this is Watford who haven't even drawn a game in a long time. So, uh, is there any worry there at all? I mean, uh, my first thing of because you you mentioned something to where when we knew it was just me and you recording, saying um, Ranieri might not make it until we record. I, I genuinely <laughs> and, didn't think he would, and, and, not, and thought... not necessarily a comment on him. <laughs> no, 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 not, no, not at all. Because like it takes time, and I have seen some Watford fans going right. You've got he's got to January. Like they need yeah. to back him. Whatever. I think backing for Watford means like two, three signings, and then you've got three games to get seven points somehow. And if you don't that's it <laughs> yeah. um it just feels like as much as we joke about um chelsea with their managers watford especially like radieri's been there 11 games now yeah. 11 and they've got six points in yeah. those 11 games i mean that's only, very very poor that's not just only, like, you only can you can you guess the team that has less points in that time um newcastle 
No, Newcastle actually have two more oh, points Everton, than that. Maybe? Granted, Everton, Everton. <laughs> so Newcastle have played twelve games in that time and have eight points. Okay. Watford have played eleven games with six points, and Everton have played eleven games with five points. Right. Okay. But no wonder Everton are booing non-fucking stop <laughs> and playing Brighton and like being utter shit. Um, like, ugh, but I mean, do, oh, sorry. Did we want to say anything about Spurs or Jeff will write a letter? Well, or something, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, two point two point oh xg to zero point three. So like a one nil yeah. scrape at the end was more of like a oh thank fuck that's finally happened as opposed to uh you know Watford actually played well like they didn't they didn't create anything they didn't do anything Watford have this drama now where they're stopping their players go to AFCON or, or whatever with Ismail Assar and uh, Emmanuel Dennis but there's so many different hitherto's and Y4s into those ones that who yeah. knows what the truth is um, but obviously it's not a good look at the minute and uh, Tottenham under Conte now are just starting to turn up the gears and 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 well, climb yeah. the table. I think you know they're the four, they are by underlying numbers the fourth best team this year. And bearing in mind that's by xG differential per ninety. Um, you know they're on what is it thirty three points and currently sixth in yep. the league. Not lost but a they... Premier League game since October. Wow. I mean they've not played many, but um, <laughs> for you sure, know. sure. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually a good point. But, that is actually um, a good point. Yeah. You know, two two <laughs> games in hand uh, for West Ham from West Ham, Arsenal, and Liverpool that are above them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they win those two games, they're on thirty nine points. They're in fourth. That's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not shabby. I think this is the start of what Oscar said about um, you know Conte being a bit more scary and mm. uh, and sorting this out because Nuno they were incredibly defensive and, and stagnant. And it's whether they, we see what happens now. We're back in January. We could get another Kane saga. They could bring in more players. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So, uh, yeah, let's touch on uh, another game. So it was uh, Brentford beat Villa uh, 2-1. Uh, mm. Villa, unlucky to lose this. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Brentford's goals were quality, but but it it was unlucky of Villa to lose this. Although Gerard in his post-match was pretty scathing of his defence. Um, and was just like, we need to sort that. We can't be doing that. And that's, I sort of see where he's coming from there because obviously we, we've been talking about Villa being mid-table, possibly even pushing for uh, European places, the lower European places after we after their transfer window. But um, yeah, you can't you can't be defensively letting those things through. But Brentford leapfrog Villa with this one, and look, you, you know they had a dip, but. Are we, uh, you, I don't think we need to worry about Brentford as 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 we said from the start. Really, Brentford are very much good. in that that kind of mire that a lot of teams find themselves in, where you know Brighton didn't win for like twelve games or something like that, mm. and they're still twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh no, sorry, they aren't. They're sorry, ninth. that was. I had a modifier on the table. My apologies there. Yeah, um, Brighton, to ninth, Brighton yeah. fans, I guess. Eight. Um, <laughs> Such that you are. <laughs> they're currently, Brighton are currently eighth in the table. So, um, no, ninth. That's updated. Wolves, <laughs> Wolves say, just won. Ninth. Wolves won. Let's uh, yeah. cut all this bit out. <laughs> That's um, all right. It's live. It's happening live. It's, it's fine. talking about Brighton. It does this to <laughs> Who me. Knows? My head. But yeah, but yeah you, you see what I mean? Like, Wolves, how fucking shit and boring and dull are Wolves? Like, still, they've played 19 games, 14 goals for, 14 goals against. Like, That's Dulles, insanely low. Dullsville, but 28 points and they're My in eight. Oh, my goodness. I. 
had not noticed that until you just said it. That is yeah. ridiculous. Leicester, absolutely. Now, granted, the the standards to which we have come to expect from Leicester, i.e. dropping out of the top four on the last day of the season, isn't happening this year. But they've had a terrible run, unfortunate run. They're 10th. Brentford, it felt like they, they started off really well and did nothing. They're 12th. Villa, you know, under... Um, Gerard, they're up to 13th. Obviously, like you said, Brentford leapfrogged them in this one. And you've got teams down there. I mean, Leeds, how shit have Leeds been? So yeah. shit. So yeah. shit. Ravaged by injuries. Granted, they're in 16th, but they're four points off Palace in 11th. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because I feel like Leeds are 100% in a relegation battle and 100% a few points away from mid-table. <laughs> it's I mean, absolutely <laughs> mad, you know. Yeah, it it really is. So it is. It's it's all about how can those bottom four teams string anything together anytime soon? Because if if you keep, if if all those teams that are in that mid table chunk keep chugging along now at an average of about one point a game, they're looking at another at least another nineteen points each, or eighteen points in Palace's case. And that puts the lowest of them on 38 points. Yeah. So, like, they're fine on 38 points. You're probably not going down with that. So, you know, your Watfords, your Burnleys, your Newcastle, your Norris, they need to be doing a lot better points per game-wise. We spoke about how far off Sheffield United were last year. Yeah. That they basically needed to perform at a top six level to, to get there. And I saw there was a really good article in The Athletic, which was modelling... Um, kind of that like to what level do Newcastle specifically need to improve in order to roughly be safe this season by how we expect results to go right okay and the spending they need to do and the improvements in the squad needed to put them about at a Wolves slash Leicester kind of level of squad yeah in order to be safe and you're talking about established teams that was I think that was to get them to actually no sorry that was to get them to 50% Oh my goodness! To stay up a relegation, so literally they need to do that for a coin toss. They what? They think they're going to get four players. It's looking like Kieran Trippier is yeah, done. Yeah, apparently. Which yeah. I which I think is a good signing for them. Yeah, um, I don't know where you then go from there. Um, you know, Callum Wilson and and Sam Maximan being out for for an amount of time. Who knows? But mm. you know, they, they those teams down there need a lot. They really do need a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, so let's let's very briefly then touch on a couple of them teams because you've got Leeds Burnley. Leeds beat Burnley three um, one. So that was a much needed win for Leeds. I mean, if if they mm. had a, if they'd have split the points oh, or third, third goal went in, Bielsa was like hugging people. I never yeah. see that man give yeah. any sort of emotion like that. He was delighted because they've had a real shit time, haven't they? You know, it's yeah, it's, it's it feels like absolutely ages since they last strung a win. I mean, it was almost certainly Palace. Like, let's face it, that's <laughs> that's the last team they they beat. Um, uh, let's let's actually have a look at this. <laughs> Just have a quick look back, back in history. Who was the last team that Leeds beat? Yep, yep, it was Palace. <laughs> oh dear, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Palace on the 30th of November. So, I mean, that feels a long time ago, but they missed two games in there. But yeah, they had a draw with Brenton. Brenton? Brenton. Drew with Brenton. Uh, and then they <laughs> lost to Chelsea, City and Arsenal. 
Um, we meant to play Liverpool and Villa, but those got postponed. And then, and then a big win against Burnley. So um, a two point one xG as well. So um, you know they actually they actually performed to those numbers. I thought they did well to win that, considering I don't think Rafinha looked a hundred percent at the races. At least his first ball wasn't great. Yeah, he's been a lot quieter. Yeah, and, and weirdly at this time that these Bayern rumours have come out <laughs> that he's apparently going to Bayern Munich. So um, right, mm, well, let's, let's, we let's hope, see let's hope it's not that. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, and... Except I like seeing Rafina. You know, I'm a big Rafina stand. Oh, I like him with my fantasy team. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Everton, Brighton. Brighton scoring three goals. Three goals for the first time this year. Um, they continue to get all the luck after Calvert-Lewin puts his penalty into orbit. Frick. <laughs> um, and Anthony Gordon getting two goals. Um, yeah. Well-known 12-year-old Anthony yeah, Gordon. Yeah, never um, heard of him. Everton. They're in real trouble, aren't they? Yeah, well, we said before, since um, in their last 12 games, they've had five points. Serious trouble, though, because, I mean, uh, just just generally, I feel like, as in stretch it out a bit, they're in trouble. They've spent ridiculous amounts of money in the last 10 years, and their squad doesn't look any stronger to me than it did five, six, seven, eight years ago. I think it's Man United at a lower level down the table. Yeah, that's a good shout, yeah. I, I think because there's been no... You know, when you have clubs with a director of football, you have that person that you know is going to be there for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. Yeah. So they understand the pieces and and what they need at what point for what manager to get to where. And whereas a manager, oftentimes, because they know, I mean, chances are, if you look it up, the average lifespan of a manager in the Premier League is what, like 14 months, probably 15 months? Yeah. Um, I know Watford bring that curve down quite a lot, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, that, I think that's fair, a season and a half or so. I mean, uh, Hassan, who always like, it, now that he's gone three years, is Southampton's longest serving in the Premier League or something like that. Um, Hodgson at five years for Palace, you know, that was unheard of at the time. And Dyche and those kind of things, they're, they're very much an anomaly. But when you have that, you have the, those managers think for right now. And so if you don't have that overarching focus and you just buy for those players, well, when they go, you're then left with, their bits. Well, now if you bring in another manager that plays a different style, you've got to get those players existing to either conform to the style or add new bits. And you end up with this Frankenstein's monster of a squad, which when you have that and you're Carlo Ancelotti and some of those pieces were bought specifically for you and it's great, then it can work out. But then when the, that manager goes, you then lose some of the other pieces for various reasons. Mm. You know they're they're in the same situation I think as Man United where it's just a mess. It's just a mess of names it, that have been bought. It is a mess. I've been really disappointed with with Benitez. I feel like the basics weren't there. The gap between defence and midfield that Brighton were just exploiting again and again. And it's mm. Brighton, and that's not me. You know, kowtowing to you, but it's Brighton. This isn't fucking. Arsenal even, <laughs> or let's go up a stage, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, who would yeah. have fucking, you, you feel like on this day, would have scored eight against Everton. <laughs> you know, it was just, it's Brighton and they were consistently finding the same ball over and over again. And mm-hmm. it, it was it was poor from Everton and I don't know what changes. And they, they, they need to fix it quick. Because their, their run of fixtures up till mid-February is Leicester, Norwich, Villa, Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton. They still have their two postponements are Burnley and Newcastle. So all of those are teams that 
in years gone by, you'd think, oh, Everton win that. Yeah. Because then afterwards, they've got they've still got all of the top six to play. You know, they've got City, then they've got Tottenham, then they've got Wolves, then they've got Watford, West Ham, Man United, uh, Palace, Liverpool, Chelsea. Like, if they don't get something in the next six games, they're in real, real trouble. And it's it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very, very hard. Whether that means they go down or not, who fucking knows? Mm. Um, could Everton be that new club that we thought were too big to go down? There oh is still... That would be insane, but you know, I mean, yeah. They've still got an eight-point cushion as it stands, um, not including, obviously, games in hand and whatever, but... It, it, it could, is, you're could right. Happen. It's, it's funny because it's one of them where just other teams are being so bad that, you, you know, with that points number... Uh, with mm-hmm. that number of games, you'd usually say, you know, definitely relegation scrap, but it's just there's so many poor teams down there. I mean, um, they play they yeah. play Newcastle twice, who are below them. Right. They play Burnley once, who are below them. So they're, they're huge they games They play Norwich, now. who are below them. Yeah. Uh, they play Watford, who are below them. Like, imagine if they if they lost those four games. You're just giving up points to those teams below you and they're making it much, much more easy for them. So worrying, worrying. And um, Brighton are uh, Brighton. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if we sort by XG differential per 90, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Oh, yeah, yeah they're performing to 10th. So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> Doing 8th, yeah, overperforming. So uh, there you go. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I suppose we should call it there. We haven't been able to watch the Man United Wolves game because we've been rec- uh, recording no. while it's been on. But obviously, it looks like Wolves, Wolves won. Good value yeah. for their win by the looks of it. So, um... in a way, um, Phil Jones was playing. Phil Jones, yeah. Phil, Phil Jones, who isn't 30. Huh. Phil Jones is still in his 20s. With those faces. Until <laughs> next month. That seems utterly unbelievable. <laughs> what? What is this madness? Um, yeah, unbelievable uh, kind of thing. So um, we'll see if um, Ragnarok can actually do something with that team um, going forward. Um, then, yeah, that about rounds us out yeah. for tonight. I suppose tonight. we say we've got a new Patreon. We do. We had a new Patreon, didn't we? We did. Old Brandon from Always Cheating. He decided never heard of him. To, never heard of him. Never, never heard of him or his Tin Pop podcast. His uh, Tin Pop. <laughs> tens of thousands of listeners. Wonderful. About roughly a hundred times as uh, successful as we are. But yeah, I mean, well done, Brandon. Thanks for paying it forward. Uh, love you very much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much, Brandon. Brandon said he, he wanted to gift some more podcasts to help support. And we, we really, really do appreciate that. And we do. appreciate all of you guys. You know, 2021 was fantastic. We met so many new people. Um, in, in oh, you a mean way. genuinely? I thought when you said 2021 was fantastic, I was sort of going, oh, he's being sarcastic. Let, but- let's see the joy. Let's not worry about the outside world, all the apocalypses, <laughs> all of that. Let's, let's just. <laughs> focus on our little corner of the world which has and been ha- lovely which has been made brighter by the interaction with all of you apart from you you know who you are um <laughs> and and it's been amazing on on the slack so you know you can join us as well miles offside uh sorry patreon.com forward slash miles offside pod oh, felt like oscar was here <laughs> anything from two dollars a month and you get yourself into the slack and you can join us and and have real good chat there's you know there's about 20 of us in there so it's it's intimate enough and broad enough that um i kind of get diluted just enough. <laughs> um chuck dilution is what we're up 
This is it. Just the homeopathy level of Chuck is sort Absolutely. Of... Just one part per million diluted in one part per million is enough to cure arthritis. I will, I will die on this sure, hill. Sure, sure, sure. I am a homeopathic miracle. Um, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. I hope Ian started the music way before this when he's yeah, doing it in doing post it in this, week. this week. Yeah. He's doing it in the edit. should have finished. So uh, we'll be back next week with a tinsel window and Oscar. But say goodbye, Ian Stimson. Goodbye, Chuck. A pleasure talking to you. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking to you. That's like when you say, How are you? and someone genuinely asks um, <laughs> afterwards, and it caught me by surprise. Um, that, thank you very much. Emotion. Good to talk to you, and uh, big thanks to all of our producers Andy Pemprace from Sutton, Jeff Pedder, Johnny Worthington, Mark Daffin, Nate Whittam, and San Danby. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.